everybody welcome back to another episode of the reaching the summit podcast it's your summit league tournament preview podcast gentlemen welcome to the podcast thanks for having us good to be here guys so we're finally here summit league tournament starts this week ends early next week uh we've we talked off air that we might do a uh wrap-up podcast or heck in, in a perfect world, we got a team winning some NCAA tournament games that force us to talk some more. But uh, this is certainly the the meat podcast for us when it comes to this tournament, the the big moment for the, the Summit League. So I think we'll kind of just go through some different talkers with the tournament itself. We know four matchups right now, and then there's there's all sorts of things that could come from that. And gentlemen, if either of you have a question or, or a topic that you want us to to go on with, with the tournament or even the first and second team and, and all of that will be coming out this week as well. Uh, we'll, we'll just kind of flow from there. Uh, so we'll start with Friday. We've got the seven seed Kansas city, 10 seed Omaha, and then the eight seed Denver and the nine seed North Dakota. And, and one thing we've got teams kind of going in different directions, North Dakota in a more positive direction than they were a few weeks ago. Denver after two after some home games flowing in a better direction Omaha at 10 but they're playing Kansas City that's really been struggling without Shamari Allen what do you guys see on those Friday games um actually I you know a couple of truly a couple of real toss-ups and uh when I look at North Dakota they have they are on the on a good trajectory I think Paul Sather has really really got his guys playing at a much better level down the stretch Denver to me is really scary and they're very dependent on how uh, they lack backcourt depth. And, and you guys know better than anybody, you, you need good guard play for 40 minutes. If you want to win in the postseason? I think that might be the, where, the place where North Dakota may have an advantage is they've really settled on their rotations. And uh, um, I think they're just playing at a more consistent level right now, but Denver with their ability and their, and their length uh, to, to cause people problems, I think that's going to be a heck of a that's going to be a heck of an eight nine game, and then I'll jump over to the other one quickly. Kansas City, we've talked about this off air. To not have Shamari Allen is so disappointing for Kansas City because they are a team that could cause a ton of problems with both Mitchell and 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 Allen uh, healthy leading that group of of young bigs. It's just uh, it's going to be it's going to be tough. But Omaha at the same time. Um, you don't know, you know, their consistency, their consistency has certainly lacked. And that's the sign of a young team of a, of a, of a relatively inexperienced team. Um, so I, to be honest with you, I, I don't know which way those games will go. I would maybe give UND a little bit of a, an edge in the first one, but, um, in the, in the Kansas city Omaha game, I have no idea which way that one's going to go. It, you know, Denver, um, They've been playing better. Uh, the thing I always like, I respect the way that Denver goes about their business. They haven't, you know, had as much success as I think they were hoping to have in the in the actual Summit League uh, regular season. But I, I do believe that they play hard and I do believe that they're buying in. Now, something that I don't have an answer to is in this last game against Omaha, uh, Tevin Smith, Toko Tynamo, Justin Mullins didn't start. Um I don't know. It, it may have just been a, it, 
it looks like it might have been just sort of like a senior day thing, you know, because they had Corey Hess start and play two minutes and Giovanni Bickham uh, start and play 12 minutes. Uh, Lucas Kasunas actually started to play 18 minutes. Um, and Marco Lukic, who actually played 31 minutes. So I'm curious as to like if if there's something going on there, or if it was just senior day. Um, my guess is it was probably just senior day, probably nothing to be concerned of. Um, but, like, you know, last time Denver and UND played, UND actually, uh, that was really kind of in their hot streak. And and they jumped out to a big lead and, and won by 23. Um, that was at Grand Forks, though. Obviously, at Denver, it was much different. Uh, that was The game at Denver was obviously much longer ago. So uh, probably probably less relevant. Um, uh, I, I don't I don't believe Tevin Smith was all the way back either, but. Um, you know, Denver just really kind of struggling to guard, quite frankly. Um, so I, you know, I would probably have to give the the edge to UND in that, especially coming off a, a win over St. Thomas. Um, but, you know, obviously we're dealing, you know, that first round, it's kind of, I, I, nobody can be too confident, right? That's, that's why they're in the first round. So, I mean, I don't know that we can get really carried away with anybody. Um, but, and, and then, like you said, Greg, with the Kansas City situation, it's almost kind of like they're in a little bit of a free fall or whether it's a combination of obvious, the injuries are the obvious thing, you know, and there's nothing they can do about that. And it's unfortunately they've had a number of bad breaks here. Um, but the, so they, they've, they've kind of been in a free fall um, last couple of weeks. Um, but, you know, Omaha has not uh, been any better. So um, the Kansas city Omaha game, I think is, is really uh there's probably fewer knowns in that game than really any of these, you know, I guess you have to go with Kansas city. Um, but the amount of confidence that I have in that is not, not very high, you know, uh, nothing was, you know, Omaha could come out and win and it would not really surprise me based on the last two weeks for Kansas city. So, um, I don't know. What, what do you think about that? Todd? What do you think about those first two games? Kansas city has looked so rough, but, but yeah. Omaha showed against Denver, on Saturday that offensively they're just still searching for an identity yeah. even this late points. in the season. Yeah. And so that's a game Kansas City could get through even with their injuries. I mean we forget um Alan Mukeba along with Shamari Allen. They're they're just dealing with some injuries and inexperience and it's I actually think the most dangerous team and I'm not even sure they'll win on Friday, but the most dangerous team of those four to me is Denver. Mm-hmm. But Denver can look the most dangerous and then the most lost all in the same game. And it's the turnovers and it's the lack of guard depth. And you you have Tevin Smith and and Justin Mullins who are technically guards. But when I say guards, teams just press them. Mm -hmm. And we saw that with South Dakota State when they got that huge lead in the second half against South Dakota State. South Dakota State started to press them and they just fell apart. And they've got Tommy Bruner, and that's about it to get that ball down the court, and then he runs out of gas. So yep. uh, it, Denver if, is the team I would least want to face out of those four, but also I can't say that North Dakota doesn't beat them on Friday. You know, Denver, to your point, Todd, uh, 19 turnovers, 19 turnovers against Omaha. Like that's – that's incredible. Like 12 to 13 yeah. is a lot. 
And it's not like Omaha's is defensive juggernaut where they're just turning over people left and right. I mean, 19 turnovers? Like, yeah. Bruner, Bruner yeah. had four. Kasunas had three. Lukic had three. Uh, Tevin Smith had four. Like, man. I just, yeah. it, you know, in addition to that, like, turning the ball over a lot and then just really not being able to shoot it much at all from three. Like, they... Yeah they can maybe get up to five or six makes, but they're not also not shooting a good percentage. It's the, the difficult thing for Denver. I felt like after watching them is you can be very confident in your game plan when you play against them. Like I think teams know exactly what to do against them. Now, like I said, they play hard and they, they usually handle the paint pretty well. So that's obviously a great place to start, you know, when you're building a game plan, if you're Denver, but if you're, you know, I just, I don't know how you get around 19 turnovers a game. Um, granted, they aren't quite averaging that, but it's just to be doing that at this point in the year is just like, wow. Like what? Yeah. yeah and it's, it's, it's yeah. It, it, I mean, it, it, and it has to do with, they can't space the floor, right? So if yeah. they're trying to pass the ball, there's less passing room because they can't keep teams honest because they can't shoot it, you know, as well as some of these other ones. So um, I, you know, I, and maybe this is a little, I'm too close to the situation, but I think, I think UND can be dangerous um, just because they can shoot it really uh, well, better, much better than they have been able to. Um, and, you know, having a, having a nice last seven games of the year. So their record isn't really reflective of how they're playing. Um, and obviously I, I didn't think they actually played very well against St. Thomas. I, they missed a number of layups and were, were pretty bad from the free throw line. And they still, you know, kept St. Thomas at a, at a good distance. So, um, I don't know. I, I think UND is probably the dangerous, the most dangerous out of any of these. But, you know, um, I don't know. It, it should be an interesting first round, though, because, like I said, it, the, the lesser – the, the, the least you know what to expect, the more interesting I think it is. And so at least it'll be interesting. I, I think if I'm UND, I, UND is, is not an overly deep team. I know Paul say they're settled on a, on a, on a lineup and a rotation, but if I was UND, I would make, I would make Bruner and, and, and Smith work 94 feet. I'm not saying you gamble. I'm not saying you trap. I'm not saying you leave things open on the back end. I'm saying you, you work your tail off. To, to, to force Denver's perimeters to have to work the entire game because I think because of their lack of, of backcourt depth, I think that's a manner in which you can defeat them is by just really tiring them out, working them, and and and, uh, and making them play the entire game. And, and I think that's where you have a chance to win it at the end. And I think UND may be as, as confident as anybody the way they played down the stretch. Yeah. And uh, I just have to believe that might be that might be a, a manner in which you can find a way to 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 see UND knock him Denver out. Well, so we'll move UND on, and we'll move uh, Kansas City on. That seemed to be our general consensus. It's funny how an injury with Shamari Allen can move Kansas. I think before that injury, Kansas City is easily the most dangerous team out of that this four, and now Absolutely. I would say they're third or third. Yeah. most dangerous. I, they just yeah. don't have the offensive firepower. You know, it's yeah, interesting how much one game, you know, so I, South Dakota with their win over Kansas city, big win, like how much they sort of changed the narrative and maybe it gave them more confidence or what, because South Dakota was the team in complete free fall 
before yeah. the literally the last game of the year, and then they they go out and hammer Kansas City, uh, not only to give themselves more confidence, but stay out of that first round. Like they were heading straight for that first round. Yeah, um, they, they really were though, Zach. And 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 on top of that, they Comateros, Harrell Hunt, and um, Plitzway all none of those three start that game because of disciplinary reasons. And you're sitting there going, holy smokes. I mean, uh, USD, like you said, is in a free fall. And they're struggling. And then, then they have to deal with some disciplinary issues at this time of year when they haven't been playing well. That's not ideal. Well, they when they go out and just pound Kansas City, all of a sudden they gain a, a renewed level of confidence as well. And so I think they're going to be, uh, they're going to be interesting because um, they handled North Dakota state down in Vermilion. And uh, um, they're going to have to find a way to, to play at a very high level, but they'll play with nothing to lose either within that three, six game. Yeah. yeah. Greg, you have, uh, you're, you're relying on your seniors. You're developing, you've got the conference tournament coming up. You have uh, uh, Denver related discipline issues with your team. How do you, what do you say to your team? When you, when it's your seniors that have kind of, I mean, I'll say it, kind of letting the team down. Like, what, what do, you, what do you, how do you deal with that as a coach? That's a great question. I mean, and, and I'm, and, I'm not, I'm not saying South Dakota's dealing with it incorrectly. I'm just saying, no. like, kind of take us, like, kind of like pull back the curtain as to what do you think some of these conversations are. are, are. I think it's a great question, and depending on the severity, which I'm guessing that it wasn't anything too major because they all came in, they all played starter minutes once they got on the floor and, and you hope it was something just a coach having to send a message saying listen whatever what, whatever it was that did happen is not acceptable and I think I think to your point you rely on the fact you challenge your guys say listen you guys have been here before you guys are we may have the most collective experience in the league outside of ORU when it comes to putting guys on the floor and knowing what it takes to win games and I think that's the manner in which you challenge them I think you just say listen um, uh, you, you put bad decisions behind you. You understand that you're out here to play for the guys wearing the same jersey that you are. And uh, for goodness sakes, this is the time of year where 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 opportunities present themselves, and and uh, and and this is when the kind of the magic happens, for lack of a better term. That's really what it is. This is what Cinderella stuff is all about. And you can say, and you can give them all. You can you can give it to them in this manner. Say, listen. Who cares what happened in the regular season? We had ups. I mean, they, they knocked off BYU, for goodness sakes. And they and they knocked off North Dakota State in Vermilion. Um, I think that's the manner in which you challenge them. Say, listen, it's, it's time to put that stuff behind us. It's time to go out there and play to the level that we're capable of playing. And let's find a way to do it three nights in a row. Because that's what you have to do if you're a three, four, five, or six and want to make the, make the NCAA tournament. You've got to do it three nights in a row. And, and I, I think... I have to believe Coach Peterson will probably handle it as well as anybody from that standpoint, the manner in which he challenges those guys. Say, we, we've seen what we're capable of when we play at a high level, and uh, we have to go back and, and, and make sure that we just rely on those those basic things and, and give ourselves a chance to compete. And so you, you use everything to your advantage, whether it's disciplinary situations, whether it's good performances or bad performances, you find a way to challenge your guys using all of those factors and just say, listen, this is what it's all about. It's now or never. It's win or go home. And I know 
I'll throw every cliche out there, and I probably have about 10 more left in this podcast that I'll throw out there. But that's what you do. And you, you, you give your guys that opportunity to say, these, these are what these opportunities are all about, is making big plays and big moments. And you talk about teams heading in opposite directions. Obviously, South Dakota draws NDSU in the first round. Two teams really heading in opposite directions. Um, yeah, Bowden Scunberg hits the game winner over Western Illinois, who, man, I just – I couldn't be more impressed with the way that Western Illinois battles, you know, I oh. mean, geez, they just, I, I, I don't, I don't know exactly what it is. I mean, obviously having Trent Mausner is a big part of it, but man, I just, I really have a lot of respect for the way that Western Illinois handles their, their business. And you look at their roster, they probably don't have the fourth best roster in this league. They're punching above their weight class and all the credit goes to them and their, and their coaching staff. But back to that matchup, I mean, I'm not, I don't know about you guys. I'm not expecting the NDSU South Dakota game to be all that competitive. What about you guys? Well, it's a good question. I, I, I will address what you just said. What I watched in Western Illinois was, I think prior to Shamari Allen getting beat, everybody said the last team we want to see, you know, in that one game scenario is Kansas City. Right now, I'm saying the last team I want to see is Western Illinois because. <laughs> What I watched them do to NDSU in the second half was totally disrupt them defensively and and then allow Masner to kind of get his game going on and, and other guys stepped up and they really got after on the glass as an undersized team. Um, they're scary in a one-game scenario. They're extremely scary. Now I'll get back to your question. NDSU, and you alluded to this, Zach, Bowden Skunberg's development on the offensive end, I, I can't express enough. I voted the kid all league, and I would not have done that probably prior to mid mid you know mid conference season. But the way he's developed and grown his perimeter game is, to his credit, um, absolutely impressive. And and I think Dom and I talked about this on the air. You know what you need to be successful in the postseason. You need two guys playing at an all league level, and right now NDSU has that with Grant Nelson and Bowden Scunberg. These guys are able to. If they need to score 50 between them, they can do that. And and we know ORU certainly has that capability. We know South Dakota State has that capability. And North Dakota State, I think, over the course of this, you know, the back half of the conference season has shown that they have that that ability as well with both Scunberg and Nelson playing at an all-league level. So um, I, I, I think USC is going to have to play their best game of the year to have a chance to beat NDSU. And NDSU knows that, Put it this way, Dave Richmond has some fodder to challenge his guys this week because he was not happy with their second half play. I give most of the credit to Western Illinois because they're really good. They got after defensively, and they really exposed NDSU, and I think that's one of those things if you're a coach, if you can get that stuff exposed this late in the season and still come out of there with a win, that's gold for Dave Richmond because he's going to challenge these guys all week as far as how to handle those things. So. Um, uh, I, I crammed about four or five different topics in there, but uh, that's that. Those are my thoughts heading into that that NDSU USD game. I gotta believe NDSU is going to be probably a six six and a half point favorite in that game, and then uh, we'll, we'll, but we'll see. They've got to find a way to back it up because USD will come in there with nothing to lose. Yeah, I, I should say I, I I wasn't expecting it to be that competitive of a game because I just think NDSU is a really bad matchup for South Dakota. But I mean, obviously we have to. We can't forget the fact that South Dakota just beat them by nine. 
you know, not, yeah. not all that long ago, you know, granted it was at home, but, uh, you know, maybe there's something about that matchup. You know, I, I, I don't think there should be much to it, but I mean, that game happened. We can't ignore it. So I don't know. What do you think, Todd? Well, and that was what I was going to say, Zach, is that it, the matchup would, would seem to say that North Dakota state is going to, to win that game. And, and I do think they will win that game. The the thing that I'll say about South Dakota, if there's a weird team that we're not expecting that goes on a run to Tuesday that nobody predicts, why wouldn't that be South Dakota? A team that can shoot the ball really well but hasn't been. And would it be shocking to see them go on just a really odd run to get to the championship day on Tuesday? I, you know, I don't think it's impossible. If I, if I were to take the Vegas odds and I wanted to take someone with – with low odds to win the Summit League tournament, I, I might pick South Dakota just because of their ability to shoot the ball. But the matchup does certainly seem to favor North Dakota State. I think it's a great observation, Todd. I mean, you can't question the level of experience that USD has. And, um, you know, when it comes to their perimeters, I, I, you know, yeah, if you have to pick a long shot, they're, they make perfect sense. They really do. And, you know, but but they've got to make shots, and they and they've got to find a way to defend at a higher level than what they're what they've shown they've been capable of. So, um, but I agree, they're they're a scary team without question. Because on one hand, they have they, they, South Dakota really has not been playing well. You know, discipline issues, this and that, really up and down. Um, on the other hand, if you want to make an argument for them, you say, well, they have beat NDSU recently pretty handily. And they lost to South Dakota State by five in Brookings not too long ago. Right. And those are the two teams that stand between them and a, and a day in the conference championship game. So, <laughs> you know, I, uh, make sure point, that we can, we can kind of edit, like make sure we go back and edit out which, uh, <laughs> whichever one of those two didn't play out because it's going to be one of those two. And it, it's about a wide range of outcomes as you could possibly have for a team in this tournament. And that's what makes it fun. And, I guess we'll see what team shows up. Yeah, yeah, we've recorded six different versions to play back later um, to make us <laughs> sound like we that. knew what we were talking about. Yeah, I, good <laughs> idea. Much appreciated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, on that same side of the bracket, you'll have South Dakota State taking on what, what who we think to be Kansas City, and and I'll start, and you guys jump in right after me. I, I think this is where Kansas City's lack of offense and and South, South Dakota State's been playing really good basketball. Um, clearly the second best team in the league. They separated themselves the last month or so. Um, I think South Dakota State in a quasi-home environment um, rolls in in this one pretty pretty easily, even though Kansas City plays good defense and, try, and tries to keep games close. Um, but I, we're, I think we're in a treat getting to see Oral Roberts and South Dakota State play on the same day on Saturday. But I think South Dakota State rolls in this one. What do you guys think? I, I think South Dakota State may be on the best trajectory. I mean, uh, ORU is in a class by themselves. They've separated themselves. They have matched what South Dakota State did last year, last season, in the regular season, to their credit. And they had to do it on South Dakota State's home floor in the ra- last regular season conference game. And, and it was close. I think everybody ex- expected it to be close. Uh, but to their credit, they did it in Frost, which seldom happens. I think it was 20 straight conference home wins. 
that mm -hmm. South Dakota State had prior, uh, the one prior to that was to USD a number of years ago. Um, but South Dakota State is trending in the right direction without question. And, and you get a healthy easily back, which just simply makes their depth that much better. Uh, you get a Dentlinger that's playing at, at a very good level. Zeke Mayo continues to, to elevate his level of play. I think they are in a really good position uh, regardless of who comes out of that 7-10 game. I, I really think that. I think, I think they're going to come out because I, I got asked on a radio show who, you know, who's the most um, uh, susceptible to the first-round upset. And, and I had, you know, they said ORU, NDSU, or SDSU. And what I had to say was I'm going to go with SDSU because they have the history. There's been two 1-8 losses mm -hmm. both to Western Illinois that have happened. I just think this is a different team. This is a team that is not coming in as the clear favorite. You know, ORU certainly is. I think NDSU comes in as a very, or excuse me, SDSU comes in as a very hungry team. Even though they're the two seed, I think they come in very hungry. I think Eric Henderson's going to have these guys uh, believing that the world is against them, that they, they, they better play well at every, 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 every turn. So, um, I'm in agreement with you, regardless of uh, who wins between Kansas City and Omaha. I think they're in big trouble playing South Dakota State in that next round. And I think South Dakota State has been playing uh, actually very, very well. It's all the cliches. Like you said, it, it's way easier to be the hunter than the hunted. And and that's what South Dakota State is here. I mean, you know, Coach Anderson can, for the first time, say, hey, nobody believes in us. Hey, you know, exactly. we're, we're, we're the yep. underdog. Hey, you know, all this stuff, you know. Charlie Easy, they've been overlooking you, and they don't understand your impact on the game. And Alex Aaron, you know, like, so, that, like, maybe that stuff matters. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. If you played college basketball for six years, maybe you've heard everything, and so you don't even really care what a coach says before the game. Um, but, I, I, you know, their health is a very legitimate thing. And every game that Charlie Easley plays is going to be, uh, to South Dakota State's benefit, he gets just more in the rhythm, conditioning, you know, all that good stuff. Uh, and they really need him. He's a big part of what they do. Uh, didn't shoot it great against uh, Oral Roberts, but man, South Dakota State got the defensive effort that they need to pull the upset. They they did probably the hardest part of pulling the upset, and that's holding Oral Roberts to 35% shooting yeah. um, mm -hmm. from the field. Yeah. So that is really eye-opening to me. Um and, you know, really held Max down. I mean, Max, he ended with 12 points. But, you know, the thing about Oral Roberts is you better get a lead on them. Because if you do not, they're going to let Max shoot free throws for the last five minutes of the game. And he's not going to miss any of them. And you're not going to get that lead back. You have to have a lead on Oral Roberts. That's the number one thing. Um, and, uh, you know, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to watch most of this game. Did you guys actually get a chance to watch most of this game? Oh, I was going to go on a rant about that. Is this the time? <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was kind of throwing the cheese it's, out there. I mean, the reason why I really didn't is because I, the, the UND game was just wrapping up. And But I saw a little bit of discussion out there about the, the coverage of the game and whatnot. But um, really too bad. It was really kind of the game of the year, um, in my opinion. But It was. Yeah. And, and, and I'm with you. Todd, I apologize for stepping on you. Go ahead. But I was the same way. I had to do a game. And I turned to Dom and I said, well, I'll, I'll, I'll tune in WNAX as I'm driving home and then see if I'm going to pay some $12.99 for some premium <laughs> subscription to watch the last 10 minutes of the game. And then, you know, 
Um, I didn't, I listened to it on the radio and, and, uh, but yeah, how unfortunate is that? I mean, I mean, that was, that's a huge game for the summit league and, and to be able to not have it on TV. I'm not blaming anybody. It's the way it works. Northern sun conference is going on and there's other stuff going on, but, um, that was, a uh, that was a, a crazy one to not have on TV. Well, and uh, so, so, so here's the rant I, game of the year. Team going for a perfect conference record, probably the two most marquee programs in the conference, playing at the end of the year. And 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 I each school makes their own decision on this. You know, some have it free on their website, but putting that behind a paywall. And I I understand that the NSIC tournament. As far as bringing in for midco, like they only have so, so many crews and all of that, I, I I understand all of that, but just not having a way for this to be available, there just has to be a better way. There has to be, and um, and I just don't I don't get it. It's it's just purposely putting the the conference in a in a spot where people can't catch that, and that just that's just not acceptable. I don't know. I, I'm with you, Tom. I'm with you, and I'm if I'm if I'm the conference. I'm saying, you know, SDSU will we, we'll give you, we'll find a way to get you an extra five grand, right. but make the thing free. I mean, that that's something that people should have been able to pick up on their devices, no matter where they're at, just because of all the ramifications behind it. I mean, you got ORU is chasing history. What's the history? It's what SDSU did last year, right? And, <laughs> and why not? Why not? Uh, allow people to see that and 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 have access to it, uh, be, you know, because of a few dollars here and there. Uh, that that was disappointing from my standpoint as well. And I'm not saying that. Uh, listen, I, I know ads and and marketing uh, departments don't have easy decisions to make. I'm not trying to say that, but that's one of those things where doggone it. Um, let's let let's let Summit League fans have easy access to what was probably the game of the year in the conference to be quite honest with you yeah and yeah what and i would say is go ahead go ahead todd uh, greg i go back to that western illinois game against oral roberts that was on espn plus western illinois started to get some of their games late in the year on espn plus i don't know what crew comes in to get it espn compatible versus you know the regular western illinois website i i i won't pretend to know all the answers but i will say this that game with it packed at at Western Illinois was a great showcase for the league for any person that paid their five bucks or whatever it is for ESPN plus to turn on. And Oral Roberts is a big enough name. South Dakota state is a big, is a big enough name for semi casual college basketball fans to go, huh? And check it out. And then all of a sudden they're learning all this stuff that we've been talking about for a year. Like it's just, it it just misses an opportunity. Todd, you make a great point. And I think that's something this league needs to understand. USD, to their credit, even on a Midco broadcast, USD had a simulcast with John Thayer, who does a fantastic job for USD on the radio side. Right. They, they did it without, you know, without, you know, Midco, um, uh, you know, color and play-by-play. And I think those are the things you need to do. You understand that you need to understand the value of getting, getting exposure for your league. You, to your point, 
if if SDSU makes that free on their website, SDSU ORU, there's not just Summit League people watching that game. There are a lot of people throughout the throughout the country that are watching that game because they want to, they've heard about ORU. SDSU obviously has has tradition and and and, and uh, name recognition. That's a game that a ton of people will watch. Right. And so I think those are things that I think the conference has to talk to individual institutions about and saying, listen, we cannot limit our exposure because what we what we lose in, in revenue, um, we more than make up when it comes to exposure and things along those lines. And so I, I'm in agreement with you. I, I think that's a great, great observation, Todd. What I would say is consistent access to all games is and and the in tremendous benefits and ancillary benefits of that is certainly not lost on the conference uh and nor any of the schools i i think it takes a year or two to work out the logistics of all this coverage but i everything i'm hearing is that it's going to be there's going to be a pretty good solution out there next year to be able to watch uh every summit league game in one place uh there are options that are being worked on to aggregate all those games into one place. So kind of like a, a, essentially like an ESPN plus uh, for the summit league. So I think it's going to be taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. I don't doubt that I, when we talked with commissioner Fenton, it was high on his list of things. Mm -hmm. And so I don't doubt that that's, that's what they're going for, but I just will lament it for this year, hopefully just this year. Yeah, maybe it's the straw that breaks the camel's back, you know, and then everybody just says, all right, whatever concerns you've had, put them aside because this has to be a priority. Like I said, I I, I am very confident that it's going to be that there's going to be something in place next year to avoid things like this. Yeah. And to a tiny lesser rant, and I talked about this a little bit, St. Thomas all free on their website. But when Oral Roberts was there, that place was like Grand Canyon University, if you've ever seen their crowds. Mm-hmm. Like it was just, it was fantastic basketball atmosphere and people had to go to a different spot and people are, less people are going to go if they have to go find a different website. So I really hope the league is is prioritizing this as a whole because mm-hmm. and, to be able to the, find that game would have been, wait a second, this school I've never heard of in St. Paul, look at that crowd, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. It, it's a big deal. The, the, the league's trying to find the right fit. There's a couple options. But uh, they're trying to find the right fit, and it wouldn't take long to implement necessarily. Like I said, sometimes they just have to work out the the timing with the contracts and all this stuff because everybody's operating on their own contracts and whatnot. And but it sounds like this off season, it something's going to be in place. It's just a matter of what. And, and to you guys, you know, to, to what you guys have been discussing, let's not. I, I don't want to um, uh, under undersell. I've watched games at Western Illinois with an incredible crowd. I've watched games at St. Thomas with an incredible crowd. I love the way this, this league is growing. I love the way some of these, these fan bases are starting to show out. It it is fantastic. And, and anything that we can do to get that exposure uh, expanded from a conference level is, is absolutely necessary. So I, 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 it's fun to watch it all shake out. And, and what follows this is more revenue giving back to each program that's needed and deserved. It, there's now a mechanism 
for collectively bargaining as a conference and all uh, institutions together, which is incredibly important. That's really where the bigger money lies. And um, so, you know, for exposure, for finances, for all the above, it's important. And it's going to I really do believe it's going to be handled. I, I don't have that much of a concern heading into next year. Nope, I agree. And and, and what I don't want to do, I don't want to forget the fact that South Dakota State, those fans show out. ORU has ridiculous attendance. They, yeah. they draw amazingly well. And I had a chance to sit in, in uh, the Sanford Health um, athletic complex, the shack, and, and for the Western Illinois game, fantastic crowd, 2,500. This league draws. This the Summit League draws fans, and uh, and rightfully so. And to your point, Zach, I'm sure Josh Fenton is going to get this figured out from a from a broadcast standpoint as to how do we maximize our exposure uh, to the rest of the country. So let's move on to the rest of the well, I guess second round, maybe we would call it the four or five game Western Illinois and St. Thomas. I think a really intriguing matchup. Uh, between two teams that split in the regular season. What do you guys think happens in that game? I think it's the best game in the second round. Yeah. And I think it's all that close. Um, you know, St. Thomas away from home just isn't quite the same team. That's, yeah. I mean, n- no team is, but it it does seem to affect them. You know, they, like I said, UND, missed a lot of bunnies and a lot of free throws and held, you know, a seven to 10 point lead for pretty much the majority of the second half. Uh, Andrew Rohde is really good, but it, it almost looks like teams are more comfortable executing the game plan that it takes to beat St. Thomas. And man, I just, I said this, this is the first thing I said about St. Thomas at the beginning of this year. I cannot believe they did not get a six, nine or six ten transfer to put in the middle of this team. God, they'd be totally different, totally different. But, uh, you know, they, they just have some big issues. In Western Illinois, you know, I, I, I think these teams are going to be fun to – it's going to be such a great game because they're, they're, they're built very similarly. I mean, Andrew Rohde versus Trent Masner, that, that's as good as it gets if you're a basketball junkie. And it's not like Western Illinois has a big 6'10 guy that can really hammer St. Thomas in the paint either. So uh, that's why that game is going to be so good. Um Western is just playing so well lately. They're just really, really playing well. Uh, they're healthy. Um, you know, Masner's just getting better with every single game. And I just, I don't have any reason to doubt Western Illinois at this point. I'm with you. I, yeah. I, Western Illinois, what, what, you know, it, and I give Rob Jeter so much credit. You know, we all lamented kind of the downward spiral that Western Illinois took last year. This year, I think, is the opposite. This, this team is, is confident. This team is capable. Um, do they have the depth to make a three-day run? I don't know. But do they have the talent to beat anybody in one game? 100% they do. And, uh, and Masner's fantastic. I, I, I love that kid. As, as talented as he is, he does not go out and seek opportunities. He lets the game come to him. And, and still finds a way to put 25 on the board. Uh, and, and in the process, he's still making his teammates better. But Josiah West, uh, love what that kid brings. Uh, some huge offensive rebounds, some huge defensive plays against NDSU. And 
Uh, Quinlan Bennett, good Lord. I mean, you talk about a strong physical perimeter player that can get stuff done in the painted area. Uh, he's as good as anybody in the league. Uh, I like what they bring. I, I, Zach, you're right. Clearly the, the, the best matchup of, of the first round. And I'm sure it'll be a 20 point blowout by one team or the other, but uh, it's interesting to see if they win, I'm really curious to see how they match up against an ORU team. Uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, both those teams are going to have a tall task when they have to face ORU. So we'll see how it all shakes out, but uh, two good teams, two well-coached teams. And I'm really glad to see Rob Jeter having the level of success with his guys that he's, that he's brought in and, 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 uh, and found a way to kind of build this team around, even though they lack depth, they are still capable of beating anybody on any given night. Yeah, I, I think this is Western Illinois on this one as well. Um, and you guys just got both, I think, just got a chance to see uh, Josiah West up, up close. If they did a suddenly, uh, they suddenly decide they were going to do a Friday night dunk contest, <laughs> I don't think anybody else is close to Josiah West. He had two uh, huge putback dunks against UND. And a huge putback dunk on people. And yeah. a huge one against NDSU at a critical time. Yeah. It was, uh, no, I, I love what he does. And, and you know, the tough thing was he was matched up on Skunberg in that game winning shot. And this is how much credit I give Skunberg. He, he really kept him off balance to the point where he couldn't even get up and contest that shot. And that's, that's really impressive on Skunberg's, Skunberg's part. Yeah, because it doesn't take that guy long to get off the ground. So no, you have it to. Doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he figured so. out. Yeah. He what great. He just got him off balance. Otherwise, he's a really dangerous player. Yeah. To he defend really He was moving backwards when when Skunberg went up with his shot, and and that's much more a credit to Skunberg than it is any type of criticism to West. Because what West did to get Western Illinois back into that game was was invaluable. Yeah. Yes, six foot five, and I think he's second in blocks and might be second or third in rebounding. I mean, that's just incredible. I think one of my favorite stats about Western Illinois is how they're, what, like a top three team or top two team in rebounding in the conference, and they (laughs) start like six, five, six, five. (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy. No, I I love what they have. I I love their, their one game potential impresses me as much as anybody else in the league. All right. So we've got Oral Roberts taking on who we think will be North Dakota. Um, North Dakota played him tough twice. Um, But, and Greg, I'm glad you brought this set up earlier because I saw a tweet by a more national uh, person saying what's wrong with Oral Roberts, you know, after winning games by averages of 20 some odd points. Now it's a lot of single digit games. You know, their last game was in Brookings. Like that, yeah. that is not a place people win. Well, the fact that they were winning games by 30, 40, and 50 points. Like they had that string of like a couple of weeks where they were just like absolutely running everybody out of the gym. And and those games were at home. Like what direction do you have to go? Like <laughs> right. one direction yeah. to go. You're not going to yeah. start beating teams by 60. Like it doesn't matter. I, I like what I think about, I you know, there I, I there's just so many parallels between South Dakota State and Oral Roberts this year. Last year, you know, South Dakota State, it felt like they were playing the same game over and over again, and they were never out of control, and they just sort of had 
how to win a game down to a science. And it feels like Oral Roberts is doing the exact same thing now um, where they're just doing what they have to do to win. And they're not necessarily overexerting themselves and, you know, not, not showing their hand for maybe some adjustments that could be in store for the conference tournament if they need them. And they just kind of just every game, every game is just kind of down to a science. They know how to win. They do it, get a lead, put the ball in Max's hand. He knocks down some free throws, rinse and repeat. So yeah. uh, it's, if you just look at box scores, I understand coming to that conclusion, but that's not coming from somebody that's actually watching games. Uh, I, I'm in agreement with you. I mean, it, it, it's, you know, when your ceiling is already high, it's harder to make it higher. But the best teams find a way to do it. And Todd, to your point, how many teams have gone into Frost Arena and won against South Dakota State? I don't care whether it was last season or this season or, or the past five seasons. Going in there and doing that is an exceptional feat. And ORU is still, in my opinion, clearly the favorite. Um, yeah. Their depth, their, their, their backcourt experience and depth, um, the number of guys they have, bringing Connor, Connor Vanover in, um, they, are, they are without question the prohibitive favorite in this tournament. Yeah. And if you're Paul Mills right now, what you've got to do is you got to convince your guys that they need to embrace this environment. Um, you don't care. Even if you have to hire a band from Sioux Falls to be your pet band, um, you need to find a way to embrace the experience. And, yeah. and the fact that you're not going to have a lot of fans and, and SDSU will probably have 10,000 fans if you face them. Uh, Oral Roberts is ready. They're seasoned. They are led by one of the best players this conference has ever seen in Max Asmus. I love that kid. And, uh, and, and I, I love the way he's playing this year much more than I love the way he played last year. Uh, mm -hmm. He's much more of a team leader than he is a guy trying to score 25 points a game. And uh, that, was not his, that was not his decision last year. But uh, they are they're the prohibitive favorites in this league. And, but the environment that these kids get to play in, Good Lord, there are so few mid-major tournaments that are fortunate enough to be able to to play in the environment that both the men's and women's programs in the summer league are going to have a chance to play in uh, this upcoming weekend. So, uh, no, I, I'm with you. I, I think I think ORU does still have room to grow. They just don't have that. They don't have as much room to grow as the other teams because they're already pretty good. So they don't I, need I, to grow. Exactly. Uh, I, I'm with mm -hmm. you. And at the same time, if you're Paul Mills, you're still finding ways to, to find a way where you can grow. And uh, my guess is he's doing anything and everything he can to, to challenge his guys. So it's going to be interesting to watch it all play out. So, so are you guys okay with me moving Oral Roberts all the way to Tuesday, including a win over Western Illinois on, uh, on Monday? Yes. Okay. Yeah, well We'll do that, and then we'll send the clipping to Paul Sather. That's fine. No big deal. Paul Sather, <laughs> Rob Jeter. We got all sorts uh, uh Johnny Tower. Uh, there's a whole group of people. We can, uh, Jeff Wolbert. Yeah. And by the way, yeah. Paul Sather and UND played – they played ORU to a three-point game in Tulsa, yeah. for gosh sakes. You know, he's got yeah. that to sell to his guys if they're fortunate enough to be able to see them. Uh, in in the in the second round, yeah. If you have to worry about them believing, they had two like relatively wide open threes to tie the game at the end. Yeah, yeah. just incredible after being down what twenty nine. So anyway, 
And close circuit to Coach Mills. We're just at 47 minutes now. I'm not doing this for bulletin board material for anybody. <laughs> but uh, but I did want to get to the North Dakota State, South Dakota State game because I think that we have a little bit more to chew on with that. Now, nobody is saying we would have had a podcast five years ago or whatever it was. We would have moved on South Dakota State as well. And we're not saying that can't a Western Illinois situation can't happen. But uh, so North Dakota State and South Dakota State. This will be a matchup. What do you guys think? I think this is where the hundreds and hundreds of games that the South Dakota State team has played in college basketball could show up. You know, I think this is that backcourt experience somewhere along the lines there. I don't know exactly which player. I don't know exactly which matchup, but I I was looking it up. Matt Denlinger and Alex Arians, they're going to be – Depending on um, how much South Dakota State wins, they're on the fringe of top 20 games ever played in college basketball. In like all ever. of college. They're, they're right? very, very yeah. close. So, exactly. um, you know, at, at some point, that matters, I think, when you get this far into the tournament. And like I said, I don't know how, how or where or why, but I have to believe that there's going to be – the manner in which they play is going to be requisite of a team that obviously knows how to win. And, and the young NDSU backcourt may be taught a lesson that they'll probably use in the next year or the year after. But this is where experience matters, I think, these types yeah. of games. Zach, to your point, uh, I'm going to overplay the coaching part of this. Because if you had a chance to, to watch the second half of Western Illinois at NDSU, Western Illinois decided to go full court defense, speed up North Dakota State, and get them completely out of rhythm offensively. And that was on the backs of this young backcourt for a North Dakota State. And I know Dave Richmond was not happy. I know he was he was probably um, more reticent in the in in the in the post game press conference of having being of having lost a game. But to his benefit, he has about three days, three and a half days of practice of learning from that. Because they got sped up, they got out of control, they got tentative offensively, and they got exposed, to be quite honest with you. And so it was another coaching moment that he was able to experience while also getting a W that got them three C. So to your point, um, there's no there's no way North Dakota State can compete with the experience that South Dakota State can put on the floor. But they do have Grant Nelson and Bowden Skenberg playing at an extremely high level right now. I think, I mean, and, and this league, this league has gotten used to whoever wins between North Dakota State and South Dakota State is going to the <laughs> NCAA tournament, you know? Um, I, I think it was a benefit. Dave Richmond, I know, is probably not happy with me for saying that. I think it was a benefit for North Dakota State to get them ready. Should they be able to put themselves in position to play South Dakota State? I'm not saying they're good enough or experienced enough right now, but they've got two guys ready to carry the load. They've got some younger players, younger complementary players that are filling their roles and, and probably are able to learn a lot from this week. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you what. Um, if it's in North Dakota State, South Dakota State semifinal, guess what? The Danny Sanford Premier Center is going to have 10,000 plus, and that's going to be, be a fun game to watch. It it's going to be an incredible, incredible environment. 
that's the that's that's the game that we all want. And then, you know, that team playing Oral Roberts is is really the dream dream scenario if you're just a fan or selling tickets to this event is is really uh the the best case scenario. You know, NDSU is never going to lose a game because they don't have enough talent. And yeah. in a one game scenario, you know, talent can can really show up in odd ways too, just like experience. And so. You know, again, I could talk out of the other side of my mouth where it's just like, you know, some of these, NDSU really has some good players, man. I mean, they may not be as consistent as you like them to be, but on any given day, you know, it's it's just one of those deals. And so they definitely have the puncher's chance. Um, they have a coaching staff that has been there several times that knows how to navigate this and press the right buttons and whatnot. So um, I don't know, it'd be a fun one, two contrasting styles, but I got to think, I got to think the experience matters for something at some point. So at least it has historically. Well, and Zach, I, I and it's funny because I put Matt Detlinger on my second team all summit uh, as we were voting uh, this week. And so, and, and the numbers didn't necessarily match that. If you just went off the best 11 players with numbers, I'm not sure Matt Detlinger gets on there, but I think just, just the, impact that he had this season and yet i'm going to go a little bit out of both sides of my mouth i think this comes down to what north dakota state does against zeke mayo if if they can hold zeke mayo in check i i actually think north dakota state's a little bit more talented overall um and and again i think the coaching matchup is pretty much a tie i guess for lack of a better way to say it i i actually if i have to pick i think i pick north dakota state to win this one Mm, i like it but that's a that said, I, I think our consensus was South Dakota State, right? Yeah, I, I'd probably, yeah, I mean, I, I'd probably say South Dakota State just because I'm not bold enough to 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 pick the youngsters over the guys that have been there several times. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, it like when, when, when we talk about like our level of confidence with this, we're talking like I'm I'm probably in that matchup. I'm probably like 65 to yeah, maybe 65% sure that South Dakota State would win. Yeah. That leaves me just enough wiggle room for that claim to not mean anything, basically. Right, right. So. Well, well it's, so- it's it's funny. I mean, I it's I think I think it's going to be a great game. I won't lie to you. I if if NDSU and SDSU match up in the semis, I think it's a fantastic matchup. Uh, you look at Grant Nelson. I don't know if you guys, either one of you guys, read the McFeely article in the, in the forum this past, past few days, but Seth Davis on CBS, um, he said he pulled a bunch of, he pulled six different NBA GMs and said, if you could, if you could pick Zach Eady or Grant Nelson in the draft, who do you pick? He said all six of them said they would take Grant Nelson. Think about that. Zach Eady's going to be the national player of the year. Jeez. <laughs> and, and, and all and, and the six GMs that he happened to pull said they would take Grant Nelson over Zach Eady. Now, I'm not saying, I am not saying that Grant Nelson's going to be a top 10 draft pick in the next year's NBA draft. But what I am, after watching this kid play, what he can do and, and, and the manner in which he continues to elevate his level of play is incredible. And then I also give uh, Bowden Skunberg the credit for expanding his offensive game. Those two are playing at a really high level right now. 
You throw a Jakari White in there. You throw Andrew Morgan. He's been inconsistent, but at the same time, in one game against South Dakota State this year, I think he had 25 and 13. So yeah. um, I, th- I think that semifinal would be fantastic, and I think the environment will be fantastic if that, if that happens. Well, and think about this with the overall talent in the Summit League, you know, especially top-end talent. I think there's a legitimate chance that three players currently playing in the Summit League see NBA experience. When we talk Andrew Rohde, Grant Nelson, and Max Aismas. This is from a league that we celebrate um, what John Conchar has done coming out of this league because it's just not something that happens. You know, the thing about this league is it it, it produces high skill and high IQ players. And you're seeing it with John Conchar. Like, there are, are thousands of players that are physically like John Conchar. Let's be honest. But John Conchar rose to the top and is cashing NBA checks because he's smart, well-rounded, and skilled. And in a league with a plethora of highly athletic, low-skill players, you know, guys with high IQs and high level of skill stand out. And they're worth a roster spot. So I, I'm i not going to bet against it. You know what I mean? The, you know, 32 teams, man. The, the, there's a lot of spots out there for a guy that can just – you can put – these guys and play them with anybody. That's the thing. They play John Contra with all kinds of different lineups. And, uh, and so your claim is that it gives a lot of validity, I think. And you're seeing like sports writers and administrators admit it now. Yeah. And, and I think Concha right now between his first two contracts has made, I, I, I want to make sure I don't, I think over $21 million. <laughs> and, and to your point, Zach, you, you are spot on. Kids that come out, and Mike Dom, I don't even want to know what he's made overseas. Um, yeah, I bet he's making a million that, bucks easily. Easily. Exactly. Easily. The, kid, yeah. the kids that come out of this league are truly not only skilled, shot makers, things like that, shot makers, facilitators, but they are are, are literally high IQ players. And, and we get to watch that every year in the summit league. And that's where it, I know this year is different a little bit. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's different than last year. So SDSU was a prohibitive favorite last year. Um, ORU the prohibitive favorite this year. It's going to be a fantastic tournament. And, and I can't wait to, to watch it play out. And people, if you want to go watch a tournament, I hope there's still tickets available. Go watch this thing. Go sit down and watch. Even if you aren't a fan of the teams that are playing on that great on that day, it is such a great college basketball environment. Oh, and by the way, Todd, you can get mad at me if you want. I might be stealing things. I put out a tweet, and, and I have some personal investment in this. What the SDSU women have done this season, they're 18-0 in the league. Um, their head coach is a good personal friend of mine. What he's done over the course of his career is Hall of Fame worthy. And I, and if people want to make fun of me for saying that, have at it. I, am, I will lock, stock, and barrel believe in that and back that up. That Aaron Johnston, what he does with the South Dakota State women is incredible. And here's the other thing that amazes me. 
in all the times he's been at South Dakota State, sorry for turning this totally on the women's side, in all the times he's been in South Dakota State, the University, University of Minnesota has turned over I don't know how many coaches, and they have never contacted him, even though he kicks their tail in recruiting South, or Minnesota players. It's amazing to me that the University of Minnesota has never looked his direction to turn their program around. Well, they have a poorly ran athletic department. That's pretty well, obvious. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll, I'll, you say, right. I'll say that. Like, it's, they, they do a very bad job running their athletic department. So, you know, at, at some point, it's, that, that's kind of a – it reinforces your point as to, you know – anyway, um, you know, one last yeah. thing. We're sitting here talking about NBA – why they're attracted to players in the summit league. I'll say this one time and then I'll save the rest of it for the, after the season podcast. So do power five coaches for the same dang reasons. And (laughs) anyway, anyway, um, we have a championship game to discuss. Don't we here? Yeah. Yeah. So we're down to South Dakota state and oral Roberts in our pretend, uh, tournament. So we decided South Dakota state is going to beat North Dakota state. I think that's what we decided. I think we were two to one, right? Yeah. <laughs> or what were you? you know, I, or or, or were we just one to one with I one abstaining? Exactly. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah. Let, let's go with that. ORU, South Dakota State, everything on the line. Zach, what yep, do you got? Because, because honestly, that would be the best environment, right? All right, let, let's let's go. Let's let's vote the best environment. That would be the best environment. Um, put that put that baby on ESPN two and let yeah absolutely yeah. and and then we have South Dakota State with a five point lead with three minutes left. That's the scenario I want to see. I want to see what what happens when Oral Roberts put is put between the NCAA tournament and all their chips and also a deficit. I don't know that they've exactly been in that scenario, and um, they handle that. They're they're as worthy of champions as it gets. So um, honestly, guys, you know the way I look at this, I, I I think obviously, am I correct in assuming we'd all be leaning towards Oral Roberts? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I yep. mean, hundred percent. So they, they, yeah, yeah. And I figured that. So I'll phrase the question this way: um, Would you take Oral Roberts or the field in this tournament? <laughs> Oral Roberts. I'll take Oral Roberts. I would have and said the same thing with South Dakota State last year. Gosh, yep. I and think I would too. It's not I, a criticism. It's not a criticism of any other team in the league. I I just give Oral Roberts a ton of credit. They've kept players. They've added players. Connor Vanover, I'll be shocked if he doesn't win Defensive Player of the Year. And uh, huge addition. But to keep everybody around the way they have and – there's this one guy they have, the Ace Miss guy. He's pretty good, and uh, there's something about him and, and the way the manner in which he is able to to rally his troops and to get guys to play at a, at a really high level around him. Um, I give him credit, and uh, I'll also give credit to Coach Coach Mills. He is he's done a nice job with this group, and and uh, I think they are certainly ready to come in and and, and Find a way to win the title this year because it certainly is not going to be easy, and especially if they if they end up playing against an SDSU or an NDSU in the conference championship game. 
They just check every box, every yeah. single one. And they do not only compared to summit league teams amongst all mid major schools, like it, it just does not happen in, in this day and age where a mid major school boasts this many players that have played in the sweet 16 already, you know, it's a great point. And, and, it's a great point. And, it, and, and what I wonder is, I, I know they're listed as a 12 right now. If they, if they run the table in the conference tournament, can they get themselves to an 11? Which, let's be honest, in this year's field, there is no prohibitive favorite. None. Well, none in any way. If they get to a, an 11, and, and even if they stay at a 12, they are not going to be overmatched against a 5 or a 6 in this year's field. Not. Nope. Not, not, no. not even in the least. Not even in the least. You look at the way St. Mary's is playing, and obviously Houston, yeah. and the way that yeah. they played against those two teams, like, they are not, I mean, the only times that they may get overmatched is if they're, it's legitimately, like, the top maybe 10 teams in the nation may kind of, there are some of those teams that are about, like, like obviously Houston, but they're literally the number one freaking team in the whole nation. <laughs> and Exactly. It, it, but outside of that, like, there's never been a year like I do not want to get too excited or too carried away here. And this is probably for after the conference tournament podcast. But what teams scare you? Does Purdue even scare you? Honestly, I'm with you. who would have thought we'd be you. having this conversation? They have freshman guards. Isn't that the like, funny thing? Yeah. Think about yeah. this. Purdue has a 7-4 post player. Or you seven five votes. Nope. You know <laughs> what I mean? Not, not a huge advantage there. Sorry guys. Hey, exactly. We got all seven four guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So I and and, yeah, and, and I, they have the uh, Max Hayes Smith and Purdue has freshman point guards. Like, look, I I know I'm obviously getting way beyond this, but I mean, boy, it's hard to not get excited to think about what could be if if this thing plays out the way that they think they do. Um. But the best thing about this situation is, ultimately, I really don't care. <laughs> I really don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not it's not possible that Oral Roberts would lose. Right. Yeah. Yeah, as strictly just a Summit League fan, a person, you know, you want the best representative to some extent, but you also, it's what March is all about. And if we were just going to put the best representative, we would vote or something. Yeah. Or just pick the team that won the conference. And so, you know, it's just not often that we have a chance with a team to be an 11 or 12 seed. Um, and so, yeah, that that is the – I mean, I said basically the same thing about South Dakota State last year. And and they played Providence tough. I, they, but ORU does check all the boxes. Veteran, most talent, balanced – yeah, they they just they have a lot of a lot of boxes checked there. Great. And, and here's point. here's here's what I would say yeah. as somebody with a very vested interest in the success of the future uh, and parity of this conference is I said this right at the beginning of the year with Max, you know, not and not staying in the draft and also not going in the portal. I'd be willing to bet you pulled you asked this question of every single Summit League coach. And they would never say it on record, but the reality is if Oral Roberts does very well, if Max does very well, they win some NCAA tournament games and Max finds his way on an NBA roster and makes all the money he wants to make, 
demonstrating that you stay in the Summit League and all that can happen. You check every box. You reach every goal that you can have in college basketball and professional basketball that that can be done in this conference is probably the single most important thing Oral Roberts can do. They're not just playing for themselves. They're playing for like the integrity of this entire league. Now that this, you can transfer and be immediately eligible. Now everybody's paranoid and all this stuff. Demonstrating that is something that every coach in this conference will use going forward and should use. And I think that's a very positive spin. If, if it can't be them, at least demonstrate somebody that can reach all their goals, make money, do whatever in this conference. It can all happen in this conference. You don't need to look anywhere else. Right. Right. Well, Zach, that, that's a very fair point. It really is. And to be honest with you, I think the coaches need that. Yeah. And the reason they too. say that, the reason they say that is because you got Baylor Scheinman at Creighton, you got Sam Griesel at Nebraska that have gone on and probably done well financially. I'm not going to guess or surmise to what level, but uh, you need that. You need that to uh, to say, listen, you can do it in this league just as easily as at any other league. Uh, the, the frustrating part about it is you probably have to go to some of these schools in the league and say, we need to start stepping up and paying our guys. Yeah. Um, uh, you and I can go back and forth on the NIL thing. Nobody ever knew what level of money was going to be involved. Nobody, nobody predicted right. this. Um, but it's reality. So I think it's a great point. Great point, Zach. And, and, uh, and I'm, you know what? I'm really, really happy. Max Acemas stayed around. He has done us all a favor as Summit League fans. Love yeah. to see him here. Yeah. yeah, we couldn't have picked a, a better three-year span to start a podcast, could we have? Agreed. It's been great. It's been yeah. just tremendous to see the evolution. We've seen we've seen programs really turn it around quickly. I mean, we've seen the the entire range of outcomes for Western Illinois and South Dakota and you know a lot of these schools you know it's it's really interesting and and you want to talk about players stepping up and paying their or schools stepping up getting their players deals all this stuff so they can stay and they don't have to go somewhere else for that um I got the Northern Sun game on in the background here and we have uh Northern State doing commercials for grocery stores or something exactly yeah you know, it's like hey you know you the, I I I think everybody's heads were spinning I would be shocked if people still can't figure out how to make this work going into next year. And the the more players that stay, the stronger the conference, the better we all are, the more financially successful everybody is and everybody wins and including the players. So that's what we all want to see. We're fans of this conference as well. We've run the gamut. And, yeah. and I will tell you there is this, uh, Todd, Zach, love doing this thing with you almost every week. Uh, heading into an, a, another fantastic conference tournament. Yeah. It is going to be absolutely uh, enjoyable to watch and one of the best mid-major environments in the country. And uh, Sioux Falls proves it over and over every season. And I can't wait to watch it all play out. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself, Greg. So we'll, we'll end there. If you're going to Sioux Falls, uh, Greg is calling some games Saturday and Sunday. I'll be around in the press area, 
we'd love to to chat with whoever anybody that listens and just yeah i'm excited for a great tournament so we'll uh we'll go from there until next week <laughs>